Section one of Horror Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Horror Stories by Ada Breeson. A Story Told in a Church. Part A. Published in Belgravia in 1867. What shall we do? We are absolutely locked in. Every door is firmly closed, and I believe it is the doing of those dreadful boys who have been trying to frighten us out of our wits all the afternoon with their ghost stories. And Katie Bernard came laughing back to the spot where we were all standing and saying farewell words after going through the pleasant labour of decking our little church with holly wreaths and shining laurel. Katie was blessed with excellent nerves, and a constitution that defied winter snows and summer heats, and I verily believe that she could have curled herself up in one of the great pews, and slept the long night away, as soundly as in her own white bed in the parsonage. But there were others amongst us, and I confess I was one of them, who already longed for the warmth of a fire, and who moreover began to find the glimmering of the white monuments and strange sculptured faces round about weird and a little ghostly the dusk is falling this is certainly most annoying exclaimed miss montem ella willis's governess under whose charge we all were she turned a little pale as she spoke a rare thing for her for a more self-possessed person than that handsome miss montem i never saw what are you too afraid of ghosts miss montem laughed katie those boys will be delighted then at the success of their trick the governess turned almost scornfully i do not understand how one can fear that in which one does not believe she said but i confess i have a particular dislike to remain in a church after dusk it recalls to my mind the most painful story i ever heard and then turning hastily away miss montem herself went and examined every door even tried the vestry window those dreadful boys however had taken infinite care to bar every mode of exit and even dora montem was obliged to admit that nothing could be done but patiently to submit to imprisonment until our absence should cause anxiety at our various homes and some one should be sent after us meanwhile the twilight was momentarily deepening and to my mind at least those half-wreathed pillars those white faces peeping out from between the dark laurel those stone figures on the two ancient tombs of sir guy and sir geoffrey willis lying with their legs crossed began to look very eerie indeed we grouped ourselves about the seats in the chancel and for a time talked and even laughed but somehow first one voice grew silent and then another and at last those grim knights lying beside us were not more silent than we well i must say this is a dismal way of spending christmas eve at length sighed kate bernard we ought to be round the fire now roasting chestnuts and telling stories telling stories ah what a good idea why not amuse ourselves by that now 
exclaimed another voice come ella you have travelled tell us some of your adventures i i never told a story in my life no ask miss montem she has a gift for it the governess had been sitting a little apart from us closer to the tombs than we cared to go but as ella spoke she raised her face which she had been leaning on her hands and even in the fading light i saw that she was deadly pale i could not tell a story here she murmured unless would you like to hear the one of which i just now spoke it is a terribly painful one an awful one but there was a universal interruption of never mind yes yes tell us that miss montem we all knew the strange power the usually silent governess possessed for story-telling it was the only time indeed she unbent or seemed like other human beings but when she did condescend to indulge us she possessed a fascination which none of us could resist and we all knew that while listening to her we should care very little for the cold or darkness this was the story she told us ten years ago i was seventeen and serving my first year as governess pupil at mrs morris's school near chichester no ella you need not look pityingly at me for i was very happy mrs morris treated me kindly and fairly and amongst the girls i had friends whom i loved dearly besides mount silver as the place was called was conducted on the home principle and there was not one of us who regarded our existence whilst there but as intensely satisfactory and enjoyable you may imagine that mrs morris could not have been a very rigid schoolmistress when i tell you that we even received the news that we should be obliged to spend christmas day under her roof with no greater regret than one naturally feels when one finds the pleasure of seeing dear friends suddenly deferred the christmas of ten years ago was the snowiest i remember roads were blocked up even railways were subject to constant stoppages and it happened that in our part of the country a small river had been so swelled by the snow as to have laid the surrounding ways under water so what with one thing and another mount silver lay separated from chichester with almost as many difficulties to be overcome in a distance of twenty miles as if a hemisphere was between them many of us were london girls and the railway being unreachable our fate was quickly settled the only two who remained voluntary prisoners were millicent power and her cousin irena dupont milly power was the niece of the lady of the manor lady jane power who it was believed intended to make her her heiress and her home lay but a couple of miles from mount silver but christmas or any other mass was so dull with lady jane who passed her time nursing her cat knitting and physicking her various imaginary ailments that both milly and irena no sooner heard that the rest of us would be forced to spend part of the holiday at school then they begged mrs morris to allow them to do the same i think we were all glad that they did not desert us though perhaps had but i must not anticipate they were our head girls our leaders milly power by right of age and rank irena dupont 
by right of her daring spirit and rich beauty ah heavens how beautiful that girl was i see her now before me with her dark glowing eyes her oval face the rich southern blood mantling her cheek with every emotion so fresh so eager in her enjoyment of her young life and splendid health she was cousin to millicent by the mother's side but though daughters of two sisters there was not a shadow of resemblance either in character or feature between them millicent was fair cold haughty proud of her ancient family a little proud i sometimes thought of having money always at her command and being the heiress of her aunt but i ought not to make any reproach for she was a kind friend to me and it was thanks to milly's purse that my poor wardrobe could boast anything beyond the very humblest attire how it was that irena dupont lived also under the protection of lady jane i never rightly understood she was not a penniless orphan i knew for she often alluded to her father and his vineyards down in the south of france but yet she appeared to be in a great measure dependent on lady jane and once or twice i noticed that she gave way to millicent proudly but in a manner that betrayed she had a reason for so doing were they fond of each other those two cousins ah that was a question which none of us could satisfactorily answer then not even i who was milly's bosom friend they sang together sweetly rode together but never by any chance were they known to talk together beyond joining in ordinary conversation and never did i see irena give milly one of those gushing kisses which she bestowed so liberally and gracefully on those she loved amongst us it was not however till the christmas i am speaking of that i knew the great obstacle between them to be milly's jealousy of her cousin's beauty we were sitting in the schoolroom after tea as merry a party as could be in spite of our imprisonment when mrs morris entered rather abruptly and with not an altogether satisfied expression of countenance millicent my dear i want you in the drawing-room she said slowly shutting the door your cousin arthur power has ridden over perfectly desperate at finding the manor-house only presided over by lady jane and he declares that the cold is so intense he really can't face it again to-night and give him shelter i must most improper of him to come to a school for young ladies i am sure millicent's fair face flushed and a peculiar half-vexed smile curved her lips just like arthur he is so inconsiderate she exclaimed rising with her work in her hand he wanted to come down here but i would not allow that of course not said milly walking rather hastily towards the door ah irena you may as well come too i-but millicent turned almost abruptly and with a strange forgetfulness of the respect she usually paid mrs morris she exclaimed what for arthur is my cousin not irena's she does not know him even irena had risen and was following but at those words she dropped back into her corner by the fire and a smile half angry half scornful 
passed over her beautiful face true she said quietly mrs morris looked a little puzzled but even she sometimes gave way to miss power and so without further remark she linked her arm in milly's and they left the schoolroom we were not so discreet as our governess however and no sooner had the door closed then there was a general exclamation against millicent for irena was the idol of the school and then the french girl for an instant seemed to forget the restraint she had always imposed on herself and lifting up her flushed face with its rich angry glowing eyes she exclaimed nonsense you forget millicent is almost engaged to her cousin arthur it was natural she should wish to see him alone or natural you mean that she should not wish him to see you exclaimed some one but if that was millicent's wish she was cruelly disappointed mrs morris anxious to make up in some measure for our disappointment had invited the doctors and lawyers families living in the village close by with the vicar's nieces to come and celebrate christmas eve in the good old-fashioned manner and no sooner did arthur hear of the party than he invited himself to remain for it and not all mrs morris's hints at impropriety and inconvenience could induce the handsome young officer to dislodge himself to the excellent lady's intense relief mr power was a fashionably late riser and she contrived to dispatch us all the next morning to the church which we were to assist in decorating before he made his appearance and i firmly believe as she watched us all pass out of the garden gate she thought she had manoeuvred skilfully past all danger until at least the evening schoolgirls of seventeen and eighteen are apt to talk a good deal on those subjects which good mrs morris dreaded so but i don't think my mind was ever much given that way and arthur power certainly never crossed my thoughts when once i found myself in that ancient church with holly and laurel wreaths waiting to do justice to all the artistic taste we could muster among us we were soon scattered over the church which was a singularly beautiful one though centuries old it having belonged to a wealthy monastery and as usual milly and i worked together she was not in a talkative humour and so we spoke little except about the work and when she suddenly left me saying she must have a little exercise to warm her i scarcely missed her alas that she ever took that ramble she was not gone long and when she returned she was out of breath what do you think dora i have found she began and then suddenly she paused and looked sharply round for a man's laugh sounded from the chancel that's arthur let us go and see she exclaimed and we did go and what we saw was beautiful irena mounted on a chair twining a holly wreath round a cherub's head and there beside her gazing up and handing sprays of shining green stood arthur power two other girls were near but it was irena dupont on whom those handsome blue eyes were fixed so earnestly that even our approach was unnoticed so you have found us out arthur in spite of mrs morris milly exclaimed with a smile on her lips but oh such wildly angry eyes he turned immediately and held out his hand 
of course you know i always manage for myself so it seems even your introductions as to that miss dupont is a kind of cousin you know and therefore an introduction was unnecessary besides i am making myself so decidedly useful that even if i have offended against the covenant i ought to be forgiven and so you shall be if you will mount and finish this for me interrupted irena and before even he could reply she had jumped lightly down from the chair and joined another group of workers at the other end of the church arthur turned and looked after her rather dolefully and milly's eyes flashed End of section 1